to the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, Marketing on Tap Podcast. This is episode 11, and we are sponsored by the EGC Group. We're your CBMA's co-founders and podcast co-hosts, Jim McCune and Jackie DeBella. Hey, hey. First off, thank you to everyone that viewed our live Zoom awards ceremony on Tuesday. That was so much fun. And we celebrated nearly 200 Crushy Award winners this year. So how about another round of applause to all of our judges, sponsors, and supporters, because the CBMAs couldn't operate without you. And of course, to all the amazing work that was entered to compete. Yeah, it was an amazing year. Thank you to everybody. Check out craftbeermarketingawards.com and you will see the 2021 Winners Gallery. And you'll be able to view all that incredible work that snagged the crushy. Today, we are super excited to welcome to the CBMA's Marketing on Tap podcast, Ryan Wheaton. And he's the owner of Craft Brew Creative. So check them out at craftbrewcreative.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? Hey, congrats on your big win. <laughs> Thank you. No, I was uh, super excited to get that email. I was uh, out traveling and um, yeah, checking out a new house, which is also exciting. Ooh, and nice. then I got that award and that just made made my day even better. Yeah. Better. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We'll get into that um, in a little bit. But what we like to usually start out with is, you know, kind of a reflection on obviously the last year in the industry. Um, you know, I'd love to hear about First of all, your thoughts and what you're hearing, um, you know, from your podcast guests or just around in the industry about branding specifically during COVID. It, it, it you know, became a little bit of a challenge for people um, and a shift. So, you know, tell us a little bit about what you're hearing, some trends. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, and it obviously super relevant too, right? So, um, yeah, the main thing, like, some of the most important things I think we're seeing was uh, the fact that you are not able to have that tap room experience, mm -hmm. uh, which is a big brand building opportunity just because you're connecting face to face with people. Um, so that becomes a large aspect of your brand. Um, but so the, in the, in the whole like COVID thing, like everyone had to uh, figure out better like ways to communicate with their audiences with, without, you know, that face-to-face -face connection, right? So you saw a lot of people, of course, jumping on Zoom. Um, so you know, that was one opportunity for for brands to connect with their customers uh, by doing like, you know, uh, different tasting events or whatever, uh, or like online trivia and stuff. That was still a way for them to connect. And you're um, in Portland, right, Ryan? So I'm in, yeah. North of 70 breweries probably right in your area. Yeah, I think in the proper city, uh, you know, I think there's, uh, I think probably about almost 80 and then uh, within like a 50 mile radius, there's like 130 or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, right. There's lots of competition for sure. Um, I think uh, another big aspect that was made a huge difference was uh, being active on social media. Um, you know, I think, I think, you know, I was just, it's important to connect their customers that way anyway, because like, you know, everybody's on Instagram or whatever. Uh, and so every time you're putting out beer releases and just keeping people active and engaged on that, on that platform, but, um, it became really super important. What I was seeing, uh, especially locally was just breweries, uh, consistently communicating. It's like posting, you know, multiple times a day. 
uh, and it didn't and it wasn't even necessarily anything like they need to be glamorous but it was it was keeping people up to date and keeping people aware of your brand uh one of the big things is just like there's so many there's so many brands out there and so many different opportunities to uh, buy other brands and purchase other types of beer that uh, if you're not in front of your customers pretty frequently, then you can, uh, you could be forgotten. Uh, so the, the lot of stuff I was seeing was just um, them posting, you know, different brands, different breweries, posting photos of like their deliveries, their delivery drivers, yeah. um, a lot of behind the scenes things in that sense. Cause then it was just, you know, it just reminds you like, I mean, for me, like there was one time I, when the delivery started becoming an option here in Oregon anyway, uh, it was pretty exciting, but, um, you know, it's like, well, who, who am I going to pick from? Like all these different breweries are doing deliveries and you have to order usually through their website. So you have to pick and like, you have to select one, right? You're not like at a store where you're looking on a shelf and you could be like, Oh, here's like, you know, 30 IPAs and you know, here's like 10 porters. I can just like pick one that I want it. You know, you had to like intentionally, think of a brewery in town and look them up online if you wanted to order from them. Right. So you're not like looking at a shelf. So um, just the fact that on social media, the fact that they kept on being uh, consistent, you know, I would see somebody in my feed and I'd be like, Oh yeah, that they make really good beer. Like maybe I should look them up and order from them. Right. So that was, that was definitely a big thing. I mean, just to add on to that and that's a very good thing to call out. I think most breweries, have multiple channels that they can rely on typically. And while social media is always uh, probably one of the most important parts of that mix, I think it became even more important um, during the pandemic because all their other channels, whether it be word of mouth or tasting room, um, had dried up on them. So I think it really put the laser focus on right now, social media is one of the few ways we can contact our people. And I think that was the name of the game, hammer it home. And for the breweries that were able to pivot and and get their beer either packaged or for sale on premise or delivered, uh, they seem to be the shining stars and well on their way to recovery. Well, some breweries are literally just opening up their doors the last few weeks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. And I think like also, uh, Another another point would be just I think like packaging. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw we saw a lot of breweries that have uh, in in a number of cases like never packaged beer before. You know, that were starting to get into doing cans uh, because that was the only way they can get the beer out, right? Um, and I think like for some other uh, other breweries, I, I've seen like, in in my business, I had seen a, a good increase of. Uh, breweries that are looking to are looking to rebrand. I think they yeah. were just like looking at the opportunity of of kind of things slowing down a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and having a little bit of downtime um, to to take a look at their overall brand because they knew like when they opened their doors uh, again that that that's an opportunity to like have that kind of refresh, mm-hmm. uh, and also the the fact that like people, um, you know, at retail environments it was competitive, and then like you know every brewery wanted to sell their beer on retail because that was the only option um, that they made it super, super competitive. And I think some breweries were looking at uh, how well their core beers are doing and, and how the branding and, and the design of their core beers are, because then when they're pitching those, like the consistency of core brands is, uh, you know, was appealing for like retailers 
so that having that strong, consistent core core labels um, was, I think, something that a lot of people were looking at too. Yeah, we've heard that. Yeah, a lot. I mean, it makes sense, but it's funny how the pandemic will re-fortify, you know, the things that we had to do when we built the business originally. Well, it's great that most breweries, from what we understand, are well into recovery now, and I guess with the bars and restaurants reopening and they're ordering draft again um that's a great thing and we'll we'll be out there at bars and restaurants ourselves uh with a nice thirst to help that out as well (laughs) totally i'm looking forward to i know that (laughs) so ryan we wanted to talk to you today um as the owner of craft brew creative uh, one of our big categories was website design and best use of video and photography Can you tell us a little bit more about, in your experience, how video and photography can really help a brewery or brand? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I think, like, and I've talked to also uh, in regards to the use of, like, photography and social media uh, and on my uh, podcast, which is called Branding Brews. Um, Branding Brews is one of the episodes that won, like, the Gold Crushy Award, so thanks thanks for that opportunity. but yeah, just on that podcast, I've also covered kind of like just general tips and guidelines of doing like good photography, right? Um, but in regards to like, you know, I think everyone probably has been aware of like the increase in of like video um, and in marketing and branding. And I, then I think like, you know, of course, within with the release of like stuff like TikTok or like Instagram stories, I've never used TikTok, so but I'm I'm not, not the kind of young, hip trend TikTok guys apparently, but um, but you know, it but I've seen what's on there now. Believe me. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Like I feel like I hear that, but uh, but anyway, but I'm familiar with the whole the whole thing, right? Uh, and and Instagram stories, of course, are huge. Uh, and then they came out with that other new feature that was like Instagram Reels. Um, and I know Instagram reels, they, since that's a new feature that they were really pushing that. And so if you were making reels videos, uh, they were, they were kind of using their algorithm algorithm to kind of push you up higher in results and kind of like showing it to more people that wouldn't, wouldn't normally see it that many times, uh, or get that much reach. And, um, so I think, I think a lot of people, uh, in that whole thing of like being, staying engaged were. Uh, releasing more, you know, more video and, um, you know, like the, you showing like explaining what the beer release is, right. Explaining like how you made it and those kind of things. So it could be like your brewer, you know, is putting together videos of like tasting notes and how it was made and those kind of things. And I think getting people behind the scenes, you know, uh, was really important. So I think like, I would just encourage anyone, yeah, like to look more at video and, um, it doesn't always have to be super polished. Uh, there's some breweries out there that do some really cool video stuff and they make them like, you know, they're like, they're super well edited and they almost look like, I'm going to say like commercials, but they almost look like super, you know, they've like thought it out. They like created like a storyline and all that stuff. And, um, and I mean, honestly, like if you just kind of do a little bit of planning and even with just shooting with your mobile phone, you know, you can put together some pretty interesting promotions. Like I think a lot of people that are making these, these, you know, these, well-themed beers that like have these crazy names and crazy themes and like uh that gives you an opportunity to kind of creatively make some interesting video in that sense 
It's yeah. funny how fast it evolved because recently I was doing a speaking engagement and I was telling all these young faces out in the crowd one of like the most amazing parts in my entire life was the first time I actually saw a video online. And I mean, I guess people are young, but <laughs> you don't remember the beginning of the internet. It used to just be text. Yeah. You know, like green text over a black screen. <laughs> Then eventually it became like multiple colors and then photos were involved. So they, they were mostly born with video online. So uh, obviously I'm not that old. So I would say 25 years, we went from no video online to video really dominating the space. And we're in the industry and we were even just so surprised of the caliber of work and the creativity of work is, like you said, some pieces are highly polished, highly edited and produced. Some videos are right off people's phones. And I, that's really one of the main reasons Jackie and I put together the Craft Beer Marketing Awards was to shine a light on this industry that has incredible creative and innovative uh, qualities. So we added the best original video as a category bucket um, last year as well and in there we have best original video for humor and storytelling and please check out craftbeermarketingawards.com and look at the 2021 winners gallery you will see some incredible use of photography and incredible use of video so uh, congrats to all all of you people that take full advantage of that medium and continue to do so in creative ways yeah for sure yeah and i think like um yeah i'm excited to check out that gallery I, I haven't had a chance to look through all the winners yet um but i remember seeing some of the stuff from the previous year and, and yeah it's like some phenomenal work you know and i think you're seeing too some some uh photographers out there that done like professional product photography that like maybe they weren't in the into the beer industry at all or they but then uh they've started getting into craft and you see if you checking out through Instagram, man, there's some like super professional polished, like staged, like product uh, photography for beer these days and stuff that just like looks super, super good and super enticing. And that's the cool part about what we saw. It's, it could be a small brewery. It could be a big brewery. Um, it could be a brewery anywhere in the world. And it seemed like everybody has that fair shot when it comes to, um, you know, digital marketing. So a little bit of uh, strategy and a little bit of creativity and just a passion to apply yourself to make something that you know your customers want to see. And like you mentioned before, at the end of the day, we only have a couple eyeballs and there's only a <laughs> couple minutes a day where we can you know, look at our screen and see what's going on and, and connect with these brands. So those who are out there doing it well, they're going to get the most eyeballs and the most eyeballs uh, definitely wins in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So we touched on some photography, social, um, what, what we haven't talked about with people and, and maybe, you know, you can add some insight to this, you know, what has happened to beer clubs, beer memberships um, over the last year, we know some mug clubs shut down for a little while. Um, how has that branding changes changed and that 
that messaging of, you know, why you should join. I know obviously uh, delivery and shipping and all of that increased, um, which made, I don't know, I'm part of one and it's, it was great to have things just appear at the door. But, um, you yeah. know, what is that trend and what do you think it's going to become now that people have had that ability? Right. Yeah, that's the that's I think that well, that's the big question. I think you know what's going to happen. Kind of how how is business going to go when things reopen? Um, the, the opportunity, like you know, we're discussing earlier about connecting directly with your customers outside of your tap room, right? It was a way to explore, um, you know, different ways of selling. You know, for a lot of people, is there it was brand new. They've never done direct to consumer. Um, you know, basically selling from their website. Uh, and then connecting with people and, and shipping them beer and taking purchases online. So uh, I've, I've been always been like pretty interested in the whole idea of like a bottle, like a, like a membership or a bottle club type thing. Uh, looking at like the wine industry, I have a really good friend who, who manages a wine club uh, in Napa and uh, just the opportunities for creating a community um you know, so basically the idea is that, they, that people are going to buy into your, the, your bottled membership club and uh, they pay, a, you know, it could be like a quarterly rate or a monthly rate. And then they're going to get shipped a certain number of bottles on a regular basis. So in a way, it's like a subscription type almost model. Um, but when you get those people to, to subscribe, if you, you can create different tiers. All right. And so you might opt to just have one where it's one price and everybody gets, you know, the same shipment. Um or, you know, some people you could go into like doing like an, uh, an invitation only model for maybe like a VIP tier, you know, like your, your high end club or whatever membership. Um, and, uh, if you go that route, you know, like the invitation only has its like his whole, th- um, it creates a whole feeling, right. And if you're in that group of people, if you're, or even if you just pay, even if it's not invitation only, but it's a higher tier, when people pay that money, they're like it comes with a certain type of status, right? It's like, whether you believe it or want to believe it or not, it still does. You know, like if you drive a Mercedes, um, you know, you may not, you may not think of yourself as some sort of like high end person who drives a Mercedes or whatever. But uh, if you're driving that Mercedes and you see somebody else who's driving Mercedes, chances are, you know, you're going to be like, Oh, Hey, like give them a little wave. You know, there's people who ride motorcycles or like, or drive like Jeeps or four wheelers that they tend like, you know, you want to go with the tribe. You want to, you want to go with people you recognize and know. So that kind of creates something. So that feeling of that kind of being a part of that membership is an opportunity to bring people into your brand and to get them closer to you. Uh, and that's kind of a lot of, a lot of the name of the game. So basically. And a great analogy too, because to think about it, a membership is you're buying into that family and buying into that brand. That's a very powerful thing to have in a consumer, especially as we know, what had happened over the last 10 or 12 years with the um, advance of so many new breweries, uh, myself included, we all became less loyal when we purchased beer. And that was just on the sheer uh, volume of choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's something breweries to this day still combat is how do we keep a client that loves our beer but the next IPA or the next pale ale or the next summer ale or whatever it might be, it's going to be parked right next to us next time. How do we break through that clutter? And I think you touched upon a couple of really important factors, um, even a byproducts, if you will, of having a beer membership or club. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I think then, then there's obviously there's the appeal uh, to anyone running a brewery that that's kind of, you know, that's a regular income, you know, I mean, people are going to drop off and sign on again, you know, but uh, knowing there's that, that income, right. It's, a, it's like, that's a, that's, that's a good option. A good thing about the direct to consumer and clubs. Um, but yeah. And, it, but I think like, like with anything, this club is going to be, it's going to become a brand, you know, or this membership is going to become a brand. So I've seen breweries out there that have, you know, created really good brands for these clubs so that it's, it creates much more of an appeal to it. You know, uh, it gives somebody, gives people something to talk about. And so if you think about like, if you know how much you can put into branding a beer release in regards to like creative naming and like creative themes behind it, uh, you know, you would want to look at what your brewery's brand is. And, and when you create this club or membership, like, do you want to give it its own unique character and its own unique um, thing. And if that's the case, then you're going to start developing some branding for it. You're going to, you know, come up with like a brand identity being like logos. And uh, you might have a, uh, a section of your website that's just for these memberships and it might be themed to the brand and to the name. So these are all different types of things you need to look at. Right. So um, mm, it's making yeah. me thirsty. Yes. <laughs> now that we got into a little bit of marketing speak, um, why don't you tell us a little bit, Ryan, about um, what you guys are doing over at Craft Brew Creative specifically, and tell us about your podcast. Obviously, uh, a lot of people are listening and winning the Gold Crushy Award for the 2021 new category for podcasts is exciting. Um, and I think it's just showing uh, more and more people are looking for that insight and um, advice. Yeah, well, thanks for that question. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I guess I could talk about uh, the podcast a little bit first. Um, uh, Branding Brews, uh, you can find it at brandingbrews.com or uh, all the, anywhere you'd listen to podcasts. So you can check it out. Um, been around for almost, well, probably, actually, I think, yeah, four years now. Uh, there's like about 50, there's over 55 episodes, and they're all typically about an hour long. And they're. Yeah, yeah. And then it's interviews with all sorts of industry professionals and other breweries. But I really try to focus on each episode as I really try to focus on one specific topic, uh, trying to make that as valuable and most informational as possible. And then interview somebody in, in that kind of profession in that industry and um, just kind of take deep dives on specific topics. That's been That's been a lot of fun. It's been really great to connect with uh, all sorts of people out there. Um, and yeah, actually, I'd like to talk about the the episode that I submitted and I got the award for just briefly. Um, yeah, it was it was a really cool episode. Uh, it was with a professional skater, um, skateboard, uh, and his name is Jordan Hoffart, and he created a collaboration beer with Tony Hawk. I think a lot of people are familiar with Tony Hawk, uh, the professional skater. Uh, and then it was also with uh, his name is Fish Scales. He's from he's original founding member of the Nappy Roots hip hop group. Uh, and there, the whole idea of the, t of the episode was just co-branding. So how can you collaborate with other brands to, uh, raise awareness and get your message like out to more people. Right. So like with the instance, uh, with the pro skating, the pros, uh, then you're having this whole subgroup of people that are like skaters that you might be able to connect with or hip hop. It's like, you know, a whole lot of people in hip hop, uh, don't drink craft beer. So that, that opportunity to collaborate with those uh, that audience bring can really uh, expand your reach. 
so that's that's a um, branding bruise that's the podcast um and craft root creative uh is it started off as a design blog um and i was reviewing different packages and stuff like that and the designs and just kind of critiquing them and um that's how the that's how craft root creative started um but I, i've been a professional designer for about 20 almost 20 years and uh I was a creative director for about 10 years and uh, just was my style of design and stuff really fit well with the beer industry. Um, and so I was like, well, why don't I, and I, I've been a huge craft beer fan for like 20, you know, 20 plus years as well. And I was just like, well, man, why don't I start like trying to get myself towards that direction? And uh, so for the last like eight years, I was freelancing doing work uh, in the beer industry. And then, had the opportunity or I guess I guess I was kind of basically like pushed I was kicked in the ass you know and it was like okay well now I got to start my own business type or find another job and uh, I'm like well why don't I start this whole thing craft root creative and see if I could take it to the next level and um, for the last uh, three and a half years I've been working I worked with over 40 breweries all together uh, small and large um, like nano to regional and um, yeah it's been a whole lot of fun uh, and with the COVID stuff, it's been interesting. There's been a lot of breweries still uh, opening. I, I've gotten a, no, a number of people inquiring and working with some people that are opening their doors in, in the middle of COVID. So people are still moving forward. Um, and of course, a lot of a lot of packaging opportunities. That's been a lot of fun in the last uh, last year and a half. Well, yeah, your work is super clean. Check out craftbrewcreative.com, like Ryan said, and. He has a portfolio section and you can inquire about uh, any custom project or work you might need and definitely check out the podcast. Ryan's been doing it a lot longer than us. This is only our episode 11. So you could imagine we are talking with a pro here and really uh, way ahead of the time because mm-hmm. I've always heard about podcasts, but really it's only been the last year people have been really talking about him and, and, critically needing them so uh great job at being way out ahead of that curve oh thank you man appreciate it so um you have any plans for cbc in denver in september oh i wish i could say yes i don't at this moment yeah i've been uh my wife and i've been in the process of purchasing a new house and the market right now is just totally insane oh yeah Uh, yeah yeah and so we've been trying to we've been trying to move for honestly the last year but we were finally able to start making some things happen and um so lately i've just been super focused on trying to get moved and Mm -hmm. and like you know the new house we're getting on stuff like that and uh so with all that going on i I haven't really thought about doing any traveling and um understandable it's yeah probably be back in your neck of the woods at some point next year is where Minneapolis? I think she, I think. Yeah, I think Minneapolis is the next one. That's wild. Cool. But yeah, Jackie and I are like super stoked to finally get to see our people again. It's been way too long. And, and uh, actually celebrate our winners. You know, last year, obviously, we yeah. were completely shut out virtual again this year. So it'll be cool to, you know, give everybody a fist bump and, and really, really actually recognize who picked up some crushies. Speaking of the winners for 2021 um congratulations the trophy store is open today everybody should have gotten that uh information this morning if you haven't reach out to me or jim um and we can get that over to you but congratulations 
Yeah. Congrats, everybody. Minutes, yeah. What else uh, you got going on in your world? Anything you want to close out on? Um, no, I mean, uh, I think like, you know, I, if anybody's interested in more of that information, again, I would check out brandingbrews.com for the podcast. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think just like, you know, keep on keeping on. I think like, mm-hmm. as, you're, as you were mentioning earlier, I think people, you know, we're starting to open up more um people i i think are going to be and are excited as ever to get out and go get beer so i think if you're a brewery out there you've like you know you've kind of weathered i think i think the the worst of the storm totally um it's obviously not going to be smooth sailing to keep using that same um you know idea of sailing there but uh yeah i don't know i think just that i mean like it you know just keep putting out the best work you can try to connect with uh try to connect directly with your customers as much as possible stay active on social you know um keep your web presence going um i think jim you mentioned the social like old social media and connecting with on other channels you know i'm always a big advocate of um collecting people's email addresses as you can so that way you have a way of connecting with them directly uh, as opposed to having to go through an algorithm on social media Mm -hmm. so you know keep 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 doing that uh and just obviously keep putting out beers uh we're a whole lot of you know fun working with everybody making these fun you know different labels for cans and stuff like that and um seeing some great stuff coming out and i think i think it's been an opportunity i think a lot of people have like i think raised their game you know somewhat out of somewhat out of the necessity but uh, i think somewhat has just been you know i think it's it felt like a time to do that so i think it's been it's been great to see what everyone's been doing i've really been pretty excited about it yeah given given the circumstances that is the great underscore given the circumstances yeah what yeah. a wild year and i think it's behind us now i know here in new york they've lifted almost all of the uh the restrictions so we're back to uh full mass or at least by the 31st so by next week new york's back to business as uh normal so yeah we will um keep drinking And we hope to see you in the future. And for everyone else, we will see you in September. Mm -hmm. And we will not only be celebrating our winners, like Jackie said, we'll be promoting coming back for the third year for the 2022 CBMAs. So stay tuned. Yeah. Nice meeting you, Ryan. And thank you guys for being on and giving us so much incredible insight and information into the business. Mm -hmm. That's always appreciated. And congrats on your win. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.